Welcome to Happily Ever After, the podcast that talks about the mysterious world of divorce and uncoupling and living happily ever after heartbreak. I am your host, Hannah Harvey. I am a writer and an award-winning parenting blogger at mumsdays.com. That's M-U-M-S-D-A-Y-S.com. It would make my day if you could subscribe and leave a review so more people can find this podcast. I would also love to hear from you. So contact me through Instagram at hharveywrites with your stories of divorce and heartbreak, any thoughts that you might have on the episode or even questions you may want answering. You can find all the details from this episode in the show notes. Hello and welcome to this episode of Happily Ever After with me, Hannah Harvey. This week um, I'm doing it a little bit differently because I've been getting questions in and I wanted to start answering them because I think, um, you know, I've got a certain version of divorce that fits my scenario but obviously everybody else has, you know, so many different ways to go through divorce and different feelings that come up and you know I'm two years down the road so obviously I've forgotten half of it as well so it's really interesting now that I've started to get questions from um, the community uh, it's really interesting to see what comes up for other people so um, yeah I'm just going to run through some questions and of course if you've got any questions afterwards that you'd like me to uh, answer or you just want more of it you can just let me know um, via Instagram which would be at hharveywrites. Um, yeah so the first question well, it's actually a two-parter from uh, a lady called Barbara and her first part was to say is there a particular recovery time after divorce and I mean how long's a piece of string really I think this one is very dependent on the nature of your divorce. So I've got friends who, um, you know, they they basically just reached the end of the line. They were happily married for a number of years and then they weren't. So they decided collectively that they would end their marriage and get divorced. Um, and you would assume that that's just dead easy. Okay, we're finished, we move on. But actually, there is still a grieving process to go through, you know, especially if there's children involved and you're then not seeing them as much as you were. Um, it's the moving, it's the saying goodbye to a probably quite a comfortable life because, you know, as two, it can often be financially much easier. Um and just getting used to life on your own. It, it all just takes time. So if you then add on massive fight <laughs> and court and legal stuff, um, it, it's just going to take much longer, I think, your recovery time to get over all these things. And I personally found, I mean, if you want more about grief during divorce I've done a whole episode on that um but I personally found as you go 
through a new thing that you haven't done as a single person, it'll bring up a whole host of emotions that you didn't realize were, were in there. So yeah, there's stages to go through and you can't rush it. But I would say, you know, mine was a very tricky divorce. And two years later, I feel like I'm more or less divorced. Sorry, I'm more or less recovered. I'm definitely divorced. <laughs> so, um, didn't really answer that one. Is there a recovery time after divorce? Yes, there is. And I think the other thing that really helps speed this up, I think, is really looking at yourself and your needs and um, taking time to acknowledge how you feel, whether it's happy or sad. Because there'll be times when you're like, I'm free. And then there's other times when you're like, literally hopeless and just want to curl up in a cave and never speak to anybody ever again. And yeah, you have to ride those emotions and be open to actually feeling them. And I think that's quite essential to the moving on process. Because, you know, if you put something in a cupboard, don't look at it, it's still in your cupboard. And one day you'll go there and be like, oh my God, I've got all these things that I need to deal with. So yeah, therapy, talking to friends, looking at how you actually feel, all of that is going to speed up recovery time, I think. So the second part to Barbara's um, question is, how do you move on and find someone new when you have this past? And I think, I think this is one that I personally have made mistakes in. So it very much requires you to have processed what you've gone through because otherwise you're going to take all of the baggage that you're still processing into a new relationship and you'll probably fall into old habits in this new relationship and you might end up in exactly the same position with this new person as you were with the old person. So it's really tempting when you've had your heart broken or you know you're you're newly single and you don't like it to then look for that external validation and be like I need somebody new anybody new anybody please somebody love me I'm really really sad and the danger of doing that as I say is you're just going to repeat old patterns so I think you know it I'm not going to say don't do it at all because we are going to. And man, I made some terrible decisions soon after my divorce purely from a place of hurting badly. Um, and it's all part of life's journey, isn't it? It's like the, I've learned so many lessons along the way that I wouldn't have learned if I hadn't made those mistakes. So you just, you do have to go in with an element of like, well, it feels right right now and I'll deal with it if, it, if it's not. Um... But yeah, I do think the chances of finding true love before you're recovered is maybe not as high as if you have taken that time to get to know yourself and what you truly want from a relationship with somebody else. So I'm kind of in that phase now of being like, what 
is it that I actually want? Because I love having my own house, having my own space, um, co-parenting, which means that, you know, half the time my home has just got me in it. And, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish there was somebody to have some fun with in this house. And then other times I'm like really focused on work or just wanting to watch the telly. And I love the fact that I can do that. And as soon as you start adding somebody else into the mix, that changes. So, yeah, the, my process now is what exactly am I looking for from someone else? And is it definitely because I'm ready or is it because I'm still needing that validation? And it's a tightrope and I don't have the answers for you. But... um. I certainly feel like I'm in a much better place now than when I was two years ago when I started dating somebody fairly soon after the end of my marriage. Um, yeah. So thank you for those questions, Barbara. The next one is from Sarah and she, um, we had quite an interesting discussion about this one, but she basically said, what's worse leaving or being left um, and her argument is that being left is worse because you it comes out of the blue basically um, and obviously my circumstances that I was the lever but so what I was basically trying to say to her is I think it depends on the circumstances so on Friday night I thought I was mostly happily married, you know, no big plans to leave. And then on the Saturday morning, the relationship was over. So I didn't want to leave, but I had to, if that makes sense. So it was this, I feel like my scenario is similar to a being left, except I chose it because I had to. I felt like that is what I needed from now on. Um for me to thrive and for my kids to thrive was that this was relationship wasn't working anymore and it's time to go and there were times when I really didn't want to have left <laughs> it was really hard I was really sad and um yeah it was still it's maybe not as bad as being left if it really came out of the blue but you know I don't know if you can really compare when, yeah, you're, everybody's hurting and sad and um, even on, you know, on both sides of the fence, everybody's hurting because it's a massive change. You've been together for a certain number of years, you've got children, you've got a home together. It all sucks, basically. So, yeah, that, those are my thoughts on leaving or being left. A different Sarah asked, do you ever regret leaving? And I guess that sort of ties into what I was saying before. There's times during the divorce process where you're like, this is so hard. Why am I doing this? Um, and certainly, to, like, actually, it was towards the end of the process when we were just very nearly divorced. Things started to be amicable again. Um, 
we were having to do things with the kids together. Um, everything was agreed. There was no more fighting in court. And suddenly I'm like, oh, he actually seems like that guy again. And um, there are moments when you think, you know, even now it would be easier to go back. But then, you know, it's. I think it's just all still part of the grieving process. Um, and like I say, those bits of time when something new crops up that you're like, it just catches you out and you haven't had to deal with it yet. So your brain defaults to what it's used to. Um, so an example for me would be something to do with money. If I have to do any sort of accounting related thing, I'm like, oh, I hate my life. And it makes me go, I wish I had my ex to come and sort it out for me because he was really good at that. You know? So, yeah, it's going to crop up and I think it will crop up for a long time because you were in love with this person. Um, and they're your children's dad. And, yeah, nothing is linear and nothing really makes sense, but... What I hold on to is I kept a diary religiously during those first months and years to remind myself <laughs> of why. And, um, you know, the conversations that I've had with friends and my parents, all that kind of stuff is very helpful just to keep in mind the process that you have been through because it's easy to forget. And it's easy to have rose-tinted specs once you've been through it all. Your brain's like, whoa, that was really traumatic. Let's forget it all. But it's helpful to keep remembering and remembering what you now have. And I love, like I say, my house, my freedom, my space and not having to answer to anybody. All I have to do is make sure my kids are safe and healthy and happy and that we've got a stable home and that kind of thing. That's all I have to do now. Um, so yeah, always the regrets, but remember the good bits too. So Maria, uh, said, well, this is kind of a legally one. So, um, I'll tell you my spin on it, but bear in mind, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a therapist. I'm none of the above. I'm a person who's been through divorce. Who's just sharing my thoughts. But so Maria said, what's the cheapest way to sort a financial agreement? And not in court would be the very quick, simple way. But uh, the way we did it in the end was literally sitting down and me saying, I need this. Will you agree to it? And him saying yes. But it was a long process to get there. And for a lot of people that I've spoken to, they are dealing with people who mm, potentially, well, it's just something to fight over, isn't it? It's something to control. And when it comes to finances, if, like me, you weren't very good at them and you didn't really know what there was, you do need that legal support and financial advice to make sure that you're really looking after future you. 
So whichever way around you want to do it, unless you've got a really strong handle on what finances you actually have in your um, as, a, as a married couple, I would always go legal. And in fact, I've got friends who had a very amicab- amicable divorce. They both know exactly what they had, but they still made sure they did everything by the book and did it legal just to make sure, just so everybody was covered. So, you know, the cheapest way is obviously over the kitchen table, but I would say unless you are super confident, always get the legal advice, even if it's going to cost you a little bit because it just protects you and makes sure that you get exactly what you actually deserve, not what you're being told you deserve. So I've got one more question from Sally, which um, made me laugh. And I will share it with you after this quick break. I would love to invite you to join the Happily Ever After community. We now have a closed Facebook group where we talk about all things post-separation, support each other, and it's just a great place to ask questions, talk about how you're feeling, and to move away from the dreaded isolation that divorce and separation can cause. Within this group is a monthly live Q&A session with me and often um, an expert guest. Uh, And they are so much fun. We basically all get together and you can ask your specific questions live or you can send them in advance and I'll get them answered. Um, And as we move into the winter months, I'm also going to be introducing a free forest yoga class with meditation, which you can either do live with me or just watch back later. So if this sounds like something you would like to join, please head to hannahharvey.uk forward slash community and sign up for the newsletter. I will send you an invite to the Facebook community and also keep you up to date with any news such as the live Q&As and the next yoga. Okay, so we've been doing Q&As from um, the community and this next one, well, it's uh, I'll finish off on this one, but basically Sally has said, were you ever worried that you'd never have sex again? So thanks for that, Sally. But you know what? Actually, I definitely was. I think when I first left, I was like, uh, confidence on the floor really not feeling good about myself at all and thinking I might actually be completely unlovable and no one will ever want to be with me again (laughs) which is a bit depressing isn't it but um the danger if you were in this stage right now is that you're going to make some terrible decisions and look for external validation from the wrong people And obviously, you're going to do it whether I tell you or not, but just be mindful that um, you will have sex again. You'll have sex with nice people who really care about you and you are good enough. You definitely don't need to be looking, trawling through ex-boyfriends or all the people that you've ever fancied just me um trying to find somebody to make you feel better about yourself because it won't 
make you feel better about yourself almost certainly from my experience so (laughs) um obviously you're going to do what you're going to do but just be mindful that it will add to an element of um additional drama when maybe you're already still feeling a bit sad about other stuff um and yeah we will all definitely have sex again hooray so that is the end of this q a um episode if you enjoyed it please send me more of your questions i'd love to hear them because that was really fun thank you Okay, have a great week and I will see you next time for another episode of Happily Ever After with me, Hannah Harvey. I would be forever in your debt if you could leave a review and subscribe as this helps more people find our podcast. And of course, if you have a friend who might enjoy this episode, please do recommend they listen too. For anything else, thoughts on this episode or questions for future episodes, you can get in touch with me either through Instagram at hharveywrites or by my website hannahharvey.com.